to another team preview on the Stealing Science Podcast. I'm Stevie, and today I haven't been able to contain the excitement of my co-host, Josh, as we are previewing the Atlanta Braves today. He is very excited about a couple of guys on this team, and so I'm sure this will be a very entertaining talk. How are you today, Josh? I am extremely excited to talk about the Braves. All right, so uh, let's start with a guy over at first base, Freddie Freeman, who was basically very near Mike Trout levels last year until that injury hit him. But it seems it has been two years of just absolutely superstar production from this guy. So what do you expect from him this year? I What I expect is something that is going to be extremely, very, very good. Uh, I'm hoping for a top 10 fantasy asset overall. Uh, he was definitely on that pace last year until, like you mentioned, he had the injury. Uh, but, I mean, even in only 514 plate appearance, he still popped 28 home runs, bad 307, 84 runs, 71 RBI, even chipped in eight steals. And he's only 28 years old. He won't be 29 until September. So he's right in the heart of his prime. Um, I, I like everything about Freddie Freeman. I think he's a superstar, and he is still not being drafted that way for whatever reason. Uh, I, I don't know if that's because when he came up, he just wasn't a big power guy, and people are still drafting him that way. Uh, but he's really turned it on, and his launch angle has ticked up um, since he kind of came up and wasn't a big home run guy. It's up to almost 16 degrees. Uh, his home run for fly ball has been about 20% the last two years. Uh, but he's also been hitting more fly balls. I think he's someone else who has embraced kind of this launch angle, fly ball um, kind of revolution that's happening recently. And he's consciously trying to do it, and it's paying off. Um, last year was the 43rd overall hitter in only 500 plate appearances. And right now he's going as the 15th uh, hitter, 19th overall. So right at the end of the second round. And uh, outside of the freak injuries, I think he is an extremely safe bet to return value on draft day. There's some guys around there like Aaron Judge, who is kind of a question mark, even though his upside is clearly a top five overall guy. Um, he could also strike out 35% of the time and bat 220 and have a Joey Gallo year. So I, I think Freeman is someone who I will target. Uh, even though there's not an extreme discount on him. But if I end up with, especially like the turn, if I end up with pick 12 in a 12-team league, uh, I think Freeman is someone who I am going to target on the turn. I, yeah, I agree with most of what you said. I think this is Paul Goldschmidt without the steals. And then this year with the humidor, I think some of Goldschmidt's production might go away. So... I will make the prediction that I think Freeman's going to have a better year than Goldschmidt this year. Whoa. Um, Is this the crazy one? Or are we going to get crazier? No, we're going to get crazier. Oh, so much crazier. Yeah. But he cut his K rate last year. Lastly, because he cut his swing and strike rate. And he added some outside contact. So I think he was in line to basically repeat or surpass everything he did from 2016. And at that 19th ADP, I agree, I am buying, particularly if he's eligible in third base. This is a guy I want to own on every single league. Uh, so, yeah, buying Freeman. Uh, let's talk about the guy you're really excited about. It is Ronald Acuna. So it seems 
everyone is high on this guy and I sort of try to find something to calm expectations but largely failed so I'll let you go first here what makes Acuna so exciting Josh Ah, uh, it's just like the, the overall package here is I mean all five tools potentially all five or all five stats potentially all five stats at a good to great level I mean I think the power is the one thing that's clearly lagging behind uh, but just his stats last year across three different levels, and let me let me add that he started last year in high A ball as a 19 year old, and he finished last year in triple A with a triple slash in 243 triple A appearances of 344, 393, 548. Um, basically, all of his numbers got better as he jumped up levels, and again, this is a teenager. His overall stat line last year across all three levels was 21 home runs, 88 runs, 82 ribbies, 44 steals, and he batted 325. And included in that is his K rate dropping from 31% at high A, 23% at double A, all the way down to 20% at triple A. Um, I think the K rate is the one area that I'm concerned about, uh, but he also walks a decent amount and he clearly has ridiculous speed. Uh, so I think he's a decent bet for you know, at least an average OBP, maybe above average OBP if he drops his K rate a little bit and increases his walk rate. But young guys who come up, the one thing you can always bet on is speed. As long as they can get on base, they're going to steal speed. He has ridiculous speed. He's always had ridiculous speed. As long as he can walk at a 6 to 7% clip, he is a virtual lock to steal 20 to 25 bases. The one I was trying to find a good comp for him, uh, someone who's been in the league a while. And Jolton Simmons last year had 14 home runs, 77 runs, 69 RBI, stole 19 bases, bad 278, which is right about what the steamer projection is for Acuna, uh, just with less runs in RBI because, again, he's not projected to start the season in the majors. Uh, but Jolton finished last year as a 99th overall hitter. And right now... Um, across all sites, Cunha is going as the 130th overall hitter. I think on certain sites, that is it is much higher than that. Uh, I think in particular on ESPN, it's probably going. I think he was going significantly higher, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic here, but the upside is so great. And what he did last year across multiple levels, I I'm confident that he can come up and hit. Uh, right now, the only concern uh, is with the playing time. Sounds like he is not going to start the season on the Braves. Uh, my guess is as soon as the Super 2 deadline passes, Acuna is going to be up very, very shortly thereafter. Uh, I think he clearly has a spot in the outfield on this team. Uh, between Marquegas, Preston Tucker, there's not a lot of greatness here in the corners. So I think Acuna comes up pretty early on in May, and it would not shock me if he just lights the world on fire. Yeah, so I think... After Super 2 eligibility is like minus 4,000. Like, there's no way they keep this guy down. Unless he starts a year, like, really, really, really badly. Um, so there is that possibility. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to try to make a, a small devil's advocate case here, but it's going to be hard. Uh, I was very surprised to find out he stole 44 bases last year. I didn't know the speed was there at that level. So... I I don't know. I think 
a lot like the Luis Castillo profile we did yesterday, I think it depends on the price on this guy. So, for example, on the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, his high was 74, his low was 104, and the average was 91. At that price, I think I'm going to pass and let him burn me. But if he can make it to the 120s, 130s, then I think I am investing. And that's where I saw the ADP at 130. So I guess it depends on whether there's one guy in your league that really likes him or if he will get to you. I think there's another youngster on this team that might be worth the investment a little bit more just because he has had more exposure to AAA and MLB at this point in his career. Like you mentioned, Acuna was in A-ball at the beginning of last year. And so I want to talk about Ossie Albies. What do you think about him this year, Josh? I know Albies is getting so much steam right now, but I am just like Cunha. I'm in on Albies too. There's just there's very little you can find in his profile that suggests that he is not going to earn back his draft spot this year. Um, the only knock on him is his exit velocity, and it's really not even all that bad. Uh, just probably could be higher. Uh, but what he did last year in 244 plate appearances, it's really good. Uh, bad 286, six home runs, um, eight steals. His walk rate was up to 8.6%, and he only struck out 15%. As you mentioned, he's only 20 years old last year. Uh, I think there's some home run upside. Uh, his launch angle was almost 15 degrees, and he hits 40% fly balls. Uh, so the 8.2 home run per fly ball strikes me as a little low. I would expect that to be somewhere in maybe like 10 to 12 range. Um, so I, I think there is some power in this bat. Clearly he's, he's got some speed. Uh, I think in a really good year, he could go 2020. Uh, he's projected to bat second runs an RBI. Um, I think he has a good approach. So that 286 average is probably more legit than not. Yeah. I'm with you. I think Albies is someone who I am, I am willing to probably reach for, uh, just because I, I think the upside here is significantly higher than he's being drafted right now. Yeah, I am imagining this chart, right, where Acuna has a bigger ceiling and a lower floor than Alves, and Alves is kind of cramped in there with a much higher floor, but a little bit less ceiling. But at this point, I think I'm more in love with Alves than Acuna, and I think that might be a bit of a hot take with all the steam that Acuna is getting. But Alves had 15 homers and 30 stolen bases between AAA and MLB last year. So the production has been at the top level. And uh, like you said, I think the, the thing to be in love with here is he had a 15% K rate, but almost a 9% walk rate. And those numbers you'd never find in someone this young. Uh, particularly with power and speed. So I am falling in love with Albius. I, I want one of Moncada and Albius uh, on my drafts. I think those are the two second basements I'll be targeting uh, aggressively. I made the mistake of dropping him in our salary cap league, else I think he would have been oh, no. one of my keepers this year. But uh, I was excited. Last year I got him, and then he got into a little bit of a funk somewhere in the middle. And I needed something like an extra starter, I think. And Albius got caught. And yeah, I'm regretting that one. Um, I want to talk about the other young guy that's being forgotten here. What do you make about Dansby Swanson this year, Josh? The expectations were overblown last year, as was the price. And uh, he basically costs nothing this year. He's the 31st shortstop of the board at 328. So I want to ask you, was he rushed? 
to the majors? What do you expect of him this year? Yeah, he. I tried to find something that I could like hang my hat on with him, and it's just it's really not there outside of his walk rate. And unless you play in an OBP league, that really doesn't do you much good. Uh, I mean, he's still young. He could clearly still make adjustments. But I think, in particular for fantasy, there's just not a lot here. Uh, last year was awful with six home runs, um, only three stolen bases, and he batted 232 in 550 plate appearances. I think he was one of – if not the worst, he was one of the worst full-time players in baseball last year in terms of offensive production. Uh, WRC Plus was 66. Real real nice. Uh but yeah, I, I think for fantasy, there's there hasn't been a lot of power. And granted, he doesn't have a very long minor league track record uh, since he was kind of pushed through pretty quickly. But there has never been a lot of power. There's never been a lot of speed. Those are two things that I wouldn't. That, those are two very important can, fantasy categories that you can't really just show up one day and all of a sudden just start popping thirty home runs and stealing fifteen bases. Uh, and then the average, it looks like. I mean. Granted, he could very well make profile changes, but right now, uh, Steamer has him down for a 257 average, and I'd say that's probably even optimistic. So I think I think for fantasy, maybe in a very deep league or an NL only, he's worth a shot just because he's going to get playing time. Uh, if they let him play last year, clearly they're going to let him play again. But I just I, I would not draft him expecting anything resembling a good season. Yeah, nothing to add there. I think no real upside. And if he can make those swing adjustments, then the payment will come in 2019. So I think uh, let someone else take the risk this year. Let's move on to the rotation. I want to start with Julio Teran. What do you make of him, Josh? I have a pretty strong stance on this one, but I want to hear you first. Oh, interesting. All right. So I've never been a Tehran guy. He was someone who kind of always outperformed his peripherals. Some years it was by a lot. Some years it wasn't by all that much. Uh, But last year he clearly took a step back in almost every single statistical category. Gave him more home runs. He walked less guys. Or excuse me, he walked more guys, struck out less guys. The swing strike rate dropped down to 9.4%. Um, all of those below his career numbers. Uh, and that's with his his BABIP has always been very low, similar to guys like Cueto. And, and that was still low, but, uh, you know, ERA was still about 4-5, which in today's world is average, but for fantasy it doesn't really do you all that much good. Uh, but the XFIP, 4-9-6. Uh, I think last year he tried to go back to a sinker more. Uh, he didn't really generate many more fly, or excuse me, many more ground balls, uh, but he threw it at 21.5%, which is a lot higher. It got hit really hard, 185 ISO, 478 slugging against. Uh, and he kind of did that at the expense of some of his other pitches, like a slider and curve, which are both a little bit better. Uh, but unfortunately, a slider and his curve, when they did get hit last year, which wasn't often, they got demolished. Uh, they both generate whiffs per swing above 35%, but they also gave up extremely high isos and slugging uh, i think the slider was a bit better than his curve or excuse me his curve was a little bit better than a slider but they were not particularly effective pitches uh and that's across the board all of the pitches he threw were basically less effective and maybe we'll call it just a lost year and i think i'm willing to do that with him uh just because the track record has been pretty good for a while 
But everything he did was bad last year, and it's really hard for me to invest in someone like that, even if he's going outside of the top 200 overall. I think there's a lot of names around him with significantly higher upside that I would much rather have. Yeah, you just telepathically stole my notes. Uh, (laughs) I'm all out on Tehran. I will just repeat a couple of the things. Walk rate nearly doubled, swinging strike rate down for a second straight year, and a lot of arms around him that I like. Uh, We already discussed Giolito and Manaea, but uh, we'll talk about Jacob Faria, Dinelson Lamet, Patrick Corbin, and Jordan Montgomery. So those are six arms around him I like way more than Tehran. I don't think the discount is nearly commensurate to what we saw last year. And also, uh, from what I've seen, he was sitting below 90 on spring training, somewhere in the 88-89 range, and that scares the crap out of me because this guy never had the speed, but losing those two ticks to 89 is like, there's no starter that's good outside of, say, Kyle Hendricks with that kind of speed on his fastball. So, uh, all out on Tehran. I'm not going to be owning him at all this year. Uh, is there another arm in this rotation that intrigues you, Josh? Yeah, there's, man, there's a couple. I really like this team. Uh, I think Newcomb's the guy. Okay. Uh, he So, there are a lot of things to like about Newcomb, and then one really glaring thing to hate about Newcomb, and that is his control. Uh, he walked... Uh, pretty absurd, 12.5% of guys last year, and that's kind of been his MO basically since he came up. Uh, he's always walked people, uh, but there is a lot to like. Uh, he clearly has ridiculous stuff. Uh, even in the majors, in 100 innings, he struck out almost 24% of batters. His swing strike rate was 11.1%, both very good, um, particularly for a guy getting uh, his first taste of major league action. Uh, he's going to be 25 years old this year. I wish he was a little bit younger, but there's still room for growth. And I, I think even if there's a minor tweak in command and he can he can locate his pitches just a little bit better, I, I think the upside here is ridiculous. Uh, his whiffs per swing on almost every single one of his pitches is borderline elite. Uh, it's 43% of his change, 35% of his slider. 34% on his curve, and even 23% on his four-seam. So he misses bats um, up there with some of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, the problem is he just he can't locate. Uh, his zone rating for locating pitches inside the zone was the 20th lowest uh, among all starting pitchers with at least 100 innings. Uh, and I, I think that's his his big concern now. He just does not put balls in the zone. His stuff is so nasty, he just can't locate it. Uh, Got to increase that command just a little bit so he can paint corners, paint the bottom of the zone instead of, you know, just throwing his curveball and hoping guys chase it uh, as it hits the dirt. Uh, But right now, he's going as the 391st overall player. Uh, I've drafted him several times already as my last pitcher off the board. And just on the off chance that he can fix his, his command problems and locate a little bit better, uh, the upside here is ridiculous. Uh, he The upside is a pitcher who could strike out 200-plus. My usual philosophy with pitchers is I'm going to gamble on the K rate and hope everything else comes along with it. Uh, he's going to kill my whip in some leagues this year, but I, I like the gamble. Uh, and 
since he's basically undrafted, I think it's absolutely worthy of the upside. There are going to be very few pitchers on the waiver wire this year who have his kind of potential. He reminds me a little bit about Robbie Ray uh, in that he has pretty much unlimited K percentage, but uh, some walk rate problems. And it seems people have finally fallen in love with Robbie Ray. I know you and I have been on that boat for quite a while, and now we are out because, of course, the price has gotten crazy. But uh, I agree, and I will say again, priors matter. So this is a guy that was a first-round pick and that has been valued highly for quite a while. And then he had a 3.62 XFIP in 2016 at AA and a 3.5 XFIP last year at AAA. So this is a guy that's still kind of uh, seeing high competition for the first time. And I agree. I think we're never going to see good control from this guy. But if he can take that walk rate down towards, say, 10% with the K rate in this arm, that's going to be more than useful. So I agree. I like Newcomb too. Uh, who is the other guy you like here, Josh? Ooh, so I really like Luis Gohara too. And I hate that we're talking about guys who have very small track records in the majors. Uh, but Gohara is someone who I, I've dra- I've owned him in minor league drafts for probably going on three or four years now. Cause I think he, he was drafted as or signed maybe as a 19 year old. Uh, so I've owned him for a long time and I've just been praying that it would pay off and it looks like it finally might, uh, his big thing now is he might not start the season in the majors. And according to roster resource, he won't. I think he uh, had but... a, an ankle injury last week. So uh, it seems Ooh. it seems like he is kind of recovering from that. I think it was a sprained ankle. But I think he Ooh, yeah, might right. uh, miss probably all of April. Uh, but I saw, I, can, I think it's Scott Casimir that is also injured. Uh, so Shocker. It's, it's not like there's a lot of healthy arms in this rotation. Uh, so I think Gohara gets to the majors around May. But uh, yeah, just continue. Yeah, so we're perfect segue. Casimir uh, and Brandon McCarthy are two guys who are currently slated to be in the rotation, neither of which have a sterling record of health. So I think it, maybe it's not until May or June, but at some point Gohara is going to get the call. There's no way that Casimir and McCarthy are going to make it the entire season. Uh, I mean, maybe even someone like Newcomb or Fulty struggle and they get sent to the bullpen. Since I mean, Newcomb and Fulty both have extreme upside, but they also could both easily be dominant closers. Um, but I think Gohara's stuff is ridiculous. Uh, he's flashed it at every single level. He even flashed it last year in a 29 inning sample. Uh, he struck out 25 percent of guys, 13.4 swing strike. Both are right in line what he's basically been for his career. Uh, the one really nice thing, and super small sample again, but six and a half walk rate. If he can replicate even some of that, even if that walk rate bumps up to seven, eight, nine percent, but he still strikes out 25% of guys, uh, there's a lot of upside here. Um, and I think right now, Steamer's got him down for a 383 ERA and a 405 XFIP with 25% Ks and 10% walks. And I'll take that every time. Because uh, right now he's going just inside of the top 300. I'm going to guess that the ankle injury, uh, I grabbed that last week. So I'm going to guess the ankle injury has probably caused that to bump up a little bit. 
Uh, but I think he's one of the guys who I'm willing to stash. Uh, if I have, if there's a league where you have a deep enough bench, I think he is definitely worthy of the stash. Um, cause again, I can't imagine he is in the minors much more than two, two and a half months. I, yeah, I have n- not a lot to add there. So I want to talk about Fulty. Um, Fulty Netflix is an interesting profile. Uh, the fastball is horrible. It was even more awful last year. But the secondary stuff is not all that bad. Uh, his spring training stats are always kind of wussy for me. Like I don't, I don't usually make much of them. But uh, it looks like Fulty is giving up his windup and pitching it from the stretch from now on to gain some stability. And uh, in 14 innings of spring training, he has only walked four guys. So uh, I think we have seen this adjustment work before, particularly with your boy Alex Wood. So uh, again, I think players matter, and Faulty is a guy that has some um, prospect pedigree, and I think he will get a lot of playing time. You already said Casimir and McCarthy are uh, known for getting injured, and then uh, the Gojara ankle now. So I think Faulty is an adjustment or two away. If he can make that fastball be better and stop giving up as many home runs or even just use it less. Uh, this is a guy that could go down towards a 375 for XFIP. And I think that's very useful because again, the price is kind of very low. I think he was going in the 400s at some point. So uh, in shallow leagues, maybe stash him on your watch list and keep an eye on him. What do you think about Fortinevix, Josh? Yeah, I, th- I think I mostly agree uh, with your analysis. Uh, the the wind up or ditching uh, ditching the wind up for the stretch. I- I'm very inter- interested to see where that goes. Uh, particularly, like you mentioned with Alex Wood, that was definitely beneficial. So I'm interested in that. The only things that I don't like about Fulty is his stuff has not quite been what I thought it was going to be coming up. Um, he doesn't generate a lot of swings outside the zone. His swing strike rate was below 10 last year, and it's been below 10 uh, the entire time in the majors. Some of that out of the rotation, some of that out of the bullpen. Uh, and then his velocity finally dropped below 96 last year. So I'm a little bit worried if he loses – He's going. He's going to be 27 in October. If he starts losing velocity on that fastball, I'm worried that it is going to hurt his effectiveness because he does have pretty good stuff with his secondary and his off-speed pitches, uh, but that velocity has to help. So, yeah, I, I think I'm lukewarm on Fulty. I think I'd take the flyer just on the off chance. Throwing out of the stretch full-time is a big bump, but I'm, I'm not overly optimistic about him. Um. Lastly, I want to touch a little bit on Aradis Vizcaino, and we'll do it with over-unders. It seems like he's the closer to start the year. I don't have that much faith in him. So let's set an over-under of 25 saves. Are you going over or under? I'm going over, actually. I like him. Wow, okay. What do you like about him? So uh, the K-rate has been just as good as it's always been. And the walk rate is a little questionable at 8.9% last year, but that's still not bad for that kind of a K rate. And the swing stripe bumped up to almost 15%. Uh, I think, I think if he does last year again, 
Uh, the ERA is clearly going to be higher, but I don't think it's going to be high enough. And there, AJ Minter is an extremely interesting option here, but his sample size is so 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 tiny in the majors that I, and he's a lefty, and I think managers are going away from this more now. But in the past, there has been an extreme bias against lefty closers. Um, and outside of Sam Freeman, there isn't another lefty in that bullpen, and Sam Freeman's not exactly anything to write home about. So it wouldn't shock me if they want Minter to be their seventh, eighth inning, uh, go up against the team's best lefty guy. So I, I don't know. I don't think there's as much competition here for Vizcaino's job, and I think he was pretty good. Okay. Um, lastly, what do you think about this team as a squad? Fangrass has them at 72, and Fangrass has them at 75. Uh, do either the over or under intrigue you, Josh? No, I, I, I'm not going to bet on this team, just because the the variance, the range of wins are extreme. Um We've already talked about how young they are and guys who have extreme potential, but those guys could also play them out. Acuna could come up and be terrible. Albies could regress. Swanson could stay just as shitty as he was last year. Uh, and then Newcomb and Fulty could bomb. Gohara could bomb. So there's just, there are really good players here, and there is potential here for a 500 win team, or excuse me, a 500 team. But I think this team could also struggle. Young guys could fail to adjust, and they could win 70, 75 again. So I'm I'm not quite willing to bet it, but I do like this team, and I think out of all the teams in the majors, this is the team here. If things break right, this team could be a juggernaut within the next two or three years. They are extremely deep in prospects. Yeah, I am so glad to hear you say that because here comes a hot take uh, I advertised. I think this team wins the World Series before Freddie Freeman leaves. Um, Whoa, all right. So next three years. So be- he, he becomes a free agent in 2022. So here's my case. First, they have no bad contract on their payroll. And I think that's a big thing to look for uh, when you're looking for contenders. Uh, number two, they are going to free up a lot of money this year. Uh, Scott Casimir, 17.5, is about to become a free agent. Brandon McCarthy, 11.5, about to become a free agent. Nick Markakis, 11 million, about to become a free agent. Uh, their catchers make seven and a half combined, about to become free agents. And then they are paying Adrian Gonzalez, 22 million this year. Uh, so that is about to come down. And if my math family, I think I just made uh, something like $70 million coming off their payroll this year. Uh, and that is with a squad that's going to have Inciarte, Swanson, Alvius, and Freeman. So they need uh, right fielder. Oh, and of course, uh, Acuna. I'm sorry. So they're going to need a right fielder, a third baseman, and a catcher. So they could easily go after both Machado and Harper, and hopefully get one. And then number three, and you already mentioned, this farm system is packed. But it's not only packed, it's packed with starters and with very high upside starters. I am particularly in love with Mike Soroka. You already mentioned Gohara, but Colby Allard is probably going to be in this rotation next year. Uh, Kyle Wright is right behind him. Ian Anderson is probably a little bit later but they still have Max Fried there who could 
payout somehow. And then uh, they bought Tuki Toussaint from the D-backs. Like, they have a lot of tickets here. And if two or three of those arms pan out, with that kind of money available, I think this is a World Series team in two or three years. So that's my, my hot take. Uh, what do you make of this team for the future, Josh? No, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I don't know that I'm quite willing to say World Series, but I think the other teams in the NL East have to be looking at what the Braves are doing, and they have to be worried. Uh, in particular, the Phillies, who have trying to basically do the same thing, but just don't quite have the prospects there. Um, so I think as, as good as, as much as I like the Phillies, as good as I think the Phillies could be here pretty, pretty soon, uh, I mean, they have to be looking at the Braves and be terrified because the Braves have a potential juggernaut here if things break right for them. And I mean, you just named up a bunch of guys. and You could go even deeper than that. There's, there's another five or six names who have either already pitched in the MLB or have MLB-level prospects who – you know, they're not even in their top 10 prospects. Um, if for some reason they can go out and get some, not that they will, but if they go out and get someone like Harper Machado, some big name free agent, even Kershaw, I mean, that could set this team up for an incredible run like it was in the 90s. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do this year and see how some of these guys grow. Yeah, that's my case. The payroll this year is $120 million and they only have $40 million committed to next year. So that's a really big window to go out, spend, and get one or two superstars. So, boy, I like this Braves team. And uh, tomorrow we will be talking about your team, the St. Louis Cardinals. And I'm sure we will have a lot to hear from you. But uh, what can you tease our listeners with? Uh, let's just say fire Mike Matheny. I hope the Cardinals only win like 80 games so they can finally fire him. Please, please fire him. Please. I am very interested in Mike Mikolas. Uh, we will be talking about them tomorrow. Josh, it was a pleasure talking Braves baseball with you today. Yeah, absolutely. For more Stealing Signs, you can follow us on Twitter at Stealing Signs P. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please give us a five-star review and a positive comment so that we may reach a bigger audience.